I'm John Green with Green's Farm in Weatherford, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. This is Texas Ag Today, the number one source for the latest news in Texas agriculture. The largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State covers it all. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Here's today's top stories. We'll have an update from the Commodity Classic in Houston to kick off today's show. A report from the largest wildfire in Texas history. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have comments from the Texas A&M Forest Service on Texas Ag Today. A final rule from the U.S. Department of Agriculture could put Texas and the U.S. cattle industry at risk for foot and mouth disease. A U.S. congressman who filed a resolution of disapproval against the rule joins us coming up on Texas Ag Today. Now, here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up? We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. Be sure to hold on tight because it all starts right now. Our show today coming to you from the Commodity Classic in Houston. Farmers from across Texas growing all types of row crops are here. One of those is Dee Vaughn, who grows corn, cotton, sorghum, and wheat near Dumas in the Panhandle. Vaughn is here representing Texas corn producers, and I asked him what are the priority issues for corn growers at this meeting. We have a lot of things going on. Of course, one of them being uh, the farm bill. Uh, Texas actually has a resolution we're trying to get uh, NCGA to adopt uh, that would allow producers to voluntarily update their base acres as well as to uh, uh, be able to create base if they're uh, farmers without base acres for Title I uh, farm bill benefits. So we have that resolution. We have other things coming up. Uh, of course, we're you know, very cognizant of what's happening in the marketplace. Uh, we've seen over a dollar come off the corn market and, and other commodities are, are suffering as well. And so we're very concerned about, well, what do we do to, you know, help create new markets and uh, get the prices up? And then also, if, if prices don't go up, we need to have a good farm bill to take care of the situation. I saw corn prices dip below four bucks earlier this week on the spot contract. First time we've seen that since 2020. How do you think that's going to affect corn farmers, corn acreage as we get geared up to plant here in Texas this year? It could have an impact. Uh, we, of course, cotton prices are pretty strong right now. They're crossing uh, that dollar threshold, dollar a pound. So we could see some acreage switching uh, back from corn to cotton uh, because of that. On your farm, how's the wheat looking right now? Uh, the wheat went in uh, kind of late uh, and it didn't come up as well, but uh, we've had moisture and, and it didn't come up in the fall, I should say, but it came up later in the winter when we did receive some more moisture uh, before rain and snow. And so it's looking pretty decent right now. You feel like you have a good moisture bank as you get ready for spring planting? We are very fortunate in that regard. We've had uh, quite a bit of snow and rain up in the northern panhandle, and uh, our crops, are our, our soil profile is just completely full. 
course, the big news right now is wildfires in the Panhandle. I saw where there was one near the Dumas area. What are you hearing from back home right now on that front? Well, I am also a county commissioner, and, and those fires, several of them originated in my county. And I was already down here in Houston at the Commodity Classic uh, before those fires started. I did not go home, but I've been in constant uh, communication with uh, the other commissioners and our emergency management people and the fire uh, and, and rescue people. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough situation. Moore County is not affected as much most of our uh, area that was burned was uh, open range, uh, but we did lose some houses. A little community called Fritch, uh, they it's just across the line in uh, Hutchinson County, uh, they estimate there was over 100 homes lost there. And so our hearts go out to those folks. And of course, the open range land, you know, I don't want to minimize that either. You know, that's still a tragic loss because there's a lot of cattle, I'm sure, uh, going to have to be put down if they weren't killed outright. Uh, a lot of people have baby calves at this time of year, and, and so they lose a calf crop, or of course they lose their forage, uh, not being able to feed those animals. But we've seen a tremendous outpouring. You know, that's what's good about being a farmer, is you see a lot of outpouring of uh, help in a situation like this. And I've seen it all day long as I've watched uh, Facebook uh, and other social media, you know, People are coming forward and saying, hey, I've got a truckload of hay that I can spare. Where do I take it and help those farmers out or the ranchers out there that have lost their forage? That's Texas farmer D. Vaughn from Dumas. Now with more on the largest wildfire in Texas history, Tom Nicoletti checks in with the Texas A&M Forest Service for an update. We go to uh, Pampa in the Panhandle where Sean Dugan is standing by. He is public information officer with the Texas A&M Forest Service. And uh, Sean, uh, yourself and others with the Forest Service, volunteer fire departments and other fire departments across the state have been up in that area for the week. Tell us what the situation is at this point. Over uh, earlier this week, we had uh, what's called a Southern Plains wildfire outbreak. And basically what that is, is we had conditions with low humidity, dry fuels, and very high winds. And that coincided with a cold front, which made these fires grow rapidly and be very difficult to control. And more than 1 million acres across Texas and Oklahoma, for that matter, have burned uh, from a number of fires, uh, with the biggest one being uh, the Smokehouse Creek Fire in Hutchison County. Yeah, the Smokehouse Creek Fire is sitting right at an estimated 1.075 million acres. Portion of that is burned into Oklahoma. We have the Windy Deuce Fire that's... uh, I believe it's 142,000 acres estimated now. We have the Grapevine fire that's uh, right at 30,000 acres. It's impacted farmers and ranchers for sure. There's a lot of livestock casualties. There's not an accurate count on those as of yet, but they have been impacted. There have been structures lost, and those are um, random structures and also homes. We have a post-fire assessment team that arrived, and they have been working to document just how many homes, just how many structures have been lost. That is Sean Dugan. He is public information officer with the Texas A&M Forest Service in Pampa. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A final rule from USDA could put the U.S. cattle herd at risk for foot and mouth disease. Jessica Domel has more. 
On our last show, we told you about a resolution of disapproval U.S. Congressman Ronnie Jackson of Texas introduced under the Congressional Review Act in opposition to a rule allowing the importation of fresh beef from Paraguay. Congressman Jackson told us he is concerned the fresh beef from Paraguay could lead to the introduction of foot and mouth disease into the United States, which would be detrimental to the Texas and U.S. cattle industries. I think that everybody sees a potential danger here. It's a highly contagious disease with a massive, massive economic impact on our country that could last for years. I think that everybody sees the benefit of importing this beef is not near enough to justify the risk involved in this. They need to go back and they need to do an updated survey and they need to confirm that the foot and mouth disease is not a threat that it historically has been from Paraguay. Earlier this month, members of the House Committee on Agriculture questioned U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack on APHIS final rule allowing fresh beef from Paraguay into the United States. The secretary said USDA has put a series of conditions on the importation. For example, the beef may not come from a facility that has ever had foot and mouth disease. It cannot come from a region that has had FMD in the past year, and the meat must be inspected both before and after slaughter. Congressman Jackson said that's not enough. Part of the issue that we have is that they have not done a survey since 2014, and they're using data and information from the 2014 survey and from a previous survey of 2008. So I don't know how he could reliably say that. I mean, I guess if they tell you that they're that it's coming from a region that's uh, foot and mouth disease free, we're just going to trust them. And I think that that's not smart to uh, to just trust another government who's benefiting, obviously, from us importing that beef. To overturn the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service's final rule, the resolution of disapproval would have to pass both the House and the Senate with a simple majority and be signed by the president. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. There's been a mysterious situation going on in the cotton markets lately. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. And using antibiotics to help improve conception rates in horses may not be as effective as once thought. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up. These stories plus a look at the markets are straight ahead on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Texas farmers and ranchers informed for over two decades. This is Texas Ag Today on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Cotton prices have once again broke through a dollar a pound on old crop contracts. James Hunt takes a look at what's driving these prices so high. In recent days, there's been a notable development in the futures markets, prices for old crop cotton rising to levels well above prices for new crop cotton. For example, on Thursday, the March contract closed at a dollar to a pound, about 18 cents higher than December. So what's happening? 
Texas A&M AgriLife cotton marketing specialist John Robinson told me there's no clear answer. Other than to say that it is clearly tied to speculative buying by the index funds and hedge funds that invest in commodities, they have jumped on the cotton bandwagon particularly. What I don't know is what reason is in their minds. I frankly don't see what the bullish case is that is convincing them to buy up cotton. But whatever's driving this phenomenon, Dr. Robinson says it probably won't last much longer. I wouldn't expect them to just keep buying it higher because I would think that would pose a huge risk of uh, eventually not paying off. More from Dr. John Robinson of AgriLife in our next report. Now, before we close, I want to offer a quick note about our tragic wildfire situation and Texas A&M AgriLife. As many of you in the listening audience are looking for ways to help or perhaps ways to get help, the AgriLife Today website is a great source of information. They've been posting a lot of articles about donations of hay, supplies, and money, as well as articles about animal care and how to document agricultural losses for the purpose of insurance or other assistance. To get to the website and those articles, you can search online for AgriLife Today. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Using antibiotics to help improve conception rates in horses was thought to be effective. But Dr. Bob Judd says a recent study shows it's not. Routine antibiotic infusion after breeding is not uncommon in the horse business. But with the concerns of antibiotic resistance, we don't want to use any antibiotics unless necessary. The study was performed at a thoroughbred farm in Kentucky, and maiden mares were cultured negative to make sure they did not already have an infection. Pregnant mares were not cultured due to pregnancy. Mares were allowed to cycle naturally, and breeding occurred as determined by ultrasound examination of the follicles of the ovaries. Mares that had very little fluid in their reproductive tracts and had a small amount of uterine edema were not treated with antibiotics and served as controls for the study. Mares that had not ovulated by the first examination were infused with the antibiotics penicillin and genomycin. Mares with increased uterine fluids suggesting inflammation or infection were also infused with the same antibiotic. Of the 187 mares bred, 98 were not treated with antibiotics after breeding, 62 received one treatment, and 27 were treated for inflammation or infection. Results indicated the untreated group had the greater percentage of pregnancy at 59%. The antibiotic-treated group had 56% of the mares pregnant, and the group of mares with suspected infection had 48% of the mares pregnant. The study revealed that healthy mares do not benefit from administration of antibiotics post-breeding. However, if mares have a cytology and culture result indicating there is an infection, treating with the correct antibiotic, depending on the culture result, is recommended. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. High interest rates are adding more expense to rising input costs for agriculture. Gary Joyner has more. Most family farms rely on financing to fund the high cost of producing food, fiber, and fuel. Those operating loans and other forms of financing have become much more expensive because of higher interest rates. A recent Market Intel report from the American Farm Bureau Federation says financing costs farmers 43 percent more in 2023 than in 2022. And the outlook for 2024 does not offer much relief. Interest rates are expected to remain elevated for much of this year. 
The situation is a huge concern. Interest rate hikes have not only increased the cost of credit as an input, but they also have limited farmers' ability to use it. The report says working capital declines faster, forcing farmers to lean on expensive credit to provide liquidity. The amount of income being used to pay interest on farm debt in the U.S. has increased at a rate not seen since the 1980s. Economists say excellent management and decision-making are essential if farmers are to remain resilient during times of vulnerability. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. We'll check the markets coming up next on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. Sometimes you love them, sometimes you cuss them. Here's a look at the markets on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle ended the week higher thanks to technical support. April live cattle up $3.10 to $188.45. June live cattle up $2.77 to 184. August live cattle up two even to 182.70. Live cattle trading higher plus corn trading lower led feeder cattle to trade higher Friday. March feeder cattle up $3.97 to $2.52.97. April feeder cattle up $4.27 to $2.58. May feeder cattle up $4.05 to $2.60.17. Boxed beef was higher Friday. Choice was up $1.91 to $306.11. Select rose $1.81 to $295.99. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Klein Spear, Southwest Livestock Exchange, Uvalde. How was your Thursday cattle sale, son? Well, well, there we had 600 head today. Uh, choice steers, 210 to 255, and those lightweights, $3 to 365. Choice heifers, 205 to 240, and those lightweights, 270 to 340. Crossbred steers, $2 to 240, and the lightweights, 235 to 285. Crossbred heifers, $1.95 to 230, and the lightweights, 215 to 275. Stocker cows day, $1.35 to $1.50. Those Packer bulls, $1.20 to $1.50. Thirty-eight. Uh, those breaker cows, dollar seven to a dollar twenty. Those cutters and canners, ninety-one to a dollar five. Those shelly cows, forty-five to sixty. Had uh, one good, nice set of pairs day. I think there were six in that bunch. They brought twenty-seven hundred ahead. And uh, bread cows day, fourteen hundred to eighteen fifty. So uh, good market, good sell, and uh, gonna let everybody know we got two hundred head of wean calves coming next week and away about five five fifty. So we'll have a good start for next week and uh, some good cattle. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, sheep and goats. Tuesday Cattle Thursday, Klein Spear. Give us a call at the office, 830-278-5621, or my cell phone, 830-591-3241. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Neighbor, a quick look at markets from yesterday. It looks like the Feb contract expired at 184 flat yesterday. Sales this week, no better than 181 to 184 on the hoof and the dirt. The bulk of the action, 183. It may be higher beef prices affecting international interest. Weekly export sales 
sales down 3% from the previous week at 12,000 metric ton. Now, even though the interest is down, feeder cattle and calves are selling strong at all the auctions as exemplified by Klein Spear from Southwest Livestock. I'm Larry Marble. This is Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day. Lean hogs traded higher Friday on strong exports and higher pork cutout values. April lean hogs up $1.45 to $88.07. May lean hogs up $1.32 to $92.05. Block cheese fell 5.5 cents Friday to $1.55. Barrel cheese was steady at $1.65. Dry away fell 0.25 cents to 42.5 cents. March class 3 milk down 18 cents to 16.78 a hundredweight. April class 3 milk down 37 cents to 16.80. After a roller coaster ride during the week, cotton ended lower on Friday due to poor export sales and speculators' liquidation. May cotton down 400 points to 95.57. July cotton down 400 points to 93.77. December cotton down 86 points to 82.95. Corn was lower Friday thanks to a corn surplus and corn planting currently underway in south central Brazil. March corn down three and a half to 412 and a quarter. May corn down four and three quarters to 424 and three quarters. September corn down five to 445 and a quarter. March hard red wheat down 22 and three quarters to 580. May hard red wheat down 22 and three quarters to 564 and a half. July hard red wheat down 18 and three quarters to 5.55 and a half. Soybeans traded higher on Friday thanks to good soybean demand. March soybeans up 14 and three quarters to 11.43. April natural gas fell two cents Friday to $1.83. May natural gas down three cents to $1.97. Crude oil traded higher on Friday. According to Reuters, we are awaiting a decision from OPEC Plus on the supply agreements for the second quarter. April crude oil up $1.67 to $79.93. May crude oil up $1.62 to $79.07 a barrel. Now let's check those financial markets. The Dow up 46 points Friday to 39043 The S&P 500 up 36 points to 5,132. And the NASDAQ up 173 points to 16,265. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for joining us for Texas Ag Today. Be sure to follow the Texas Ag Today podcast found wherever you listen to podcasts. For more Texas farm and ranch news, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.